We're glad that you're here. We've had graduates <coughs> this uh, past uh, Sunday, and we had several of them here. And I talked about judging, and I know this is, I didn't get to finish because there were a lot of areas, and probably on, on one hand, there's, Obviously, this lesson could go on forever because it is that difficulty in making judgment calls. And I know that there is a balance between uh, being uh, haughty and egotistical or pharisaical, however, whatever word you want to use, and looking down your nose and, and um, um, saying those things and judging from that standpoint. And then there is a, a side where you have no, uh, nothing, you are totally, uh, in, in a sense, um, gullible, no matter what anybody tells you, no matter what anybody says, no matter what anybody does. You just say, okay, well, I'm gonna just let you go and I'm gonna whatever. And unfortunately, it's not possible for that side nor the other side to maintain sustainability. Because at some point, have we all uh, misjudged? Have we all uh, maybe um, said things? Yes. And to be fair, uh, and I have used this example numerous times, that both of my girls are, have been disobeying me for years now because I taught them very strongly not to go into the road. I was very emphatic. I got in their face. I, no, no, you don't cross the side. You don't go. And do you know, almost on a daily basis, they both head into the street. Pitiful, isn't it? Now, I know you're laughing at me and you're saying, Pastor, how ridiculous. But... The point I'm trying to illustrate is that there are things that we teach, we preach, we're hoping maturity will happen and that there will be a time maybe when I am not, you know, so emphatic about certain things and that I can be trusted. And then of course, to be very candid, if that trust is broken, if that if something happens, then it goes back to square one and there's that sense of I've got to get a hold of this uh, because I do not, uh, you know, I cannot allow myself to simply uh, look at and say, well, that really doesn't matter. And the first thing that I, I said Sunday morning, I didn't get to really add anything Sunday night, but Sunday morning was, uh, judging in doctrine and the death, burial, and resurrection, who Jesus is and, and who 
the fact that he went through the death, burial, and resurrection so that we too could go through the death, burial, and resurrection. And we have Brother Justin Anthony, uh, a young man pastoring in Omaha. We've been to his church several times. His wife uh, was the daughter of Brother and Sister Broad who pastored down in Logan. That's where Ohio, that's where we met them years ago in the 70s. Uh, developed and printed some playing cards that talk about the gospel and, and the good news. And you know, I say playing cards, they, they're, they look like playing cards, but they all have the, the gospel plan on them. And then uh, they have the New Testament Bible. And we've given them to some of our ministerial staff. We've, uh, we teach them, we teach from them. Well, you know, if you would like a set, I'll go through it and uh, help you or somebody else can, and you can have it. I don't mind I, because I want you to understand the doctrine because not everybody that calls themselves a Christian believes that they can experience the death, burial, and resurrection. They might believe that Jesus did it, but they don't think, wow, I need to repent. I can be buried in his name and I can receive resurrection power. And so that is an important, uh, in, in my aspect, and I wanted these graduates to know that that very sense is very important. Of course, Timothy uh, talked, uh, Paul told Timothy in second book of Timothy that the time would come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Why? But they have their own desires and they don't even care uh, if they tell the truth. And unfortunately, um, you know, the Bible talks about all liars are going where? And unfortunately, it's like, how do you know who's lying anymore? You know, and you hear this report, and you hear this report, and you hear this report, and somebody sends this report, and, and they skew it one way. You know, the only thing I know is, guess what? Lord, you've got to judge, but I know what I've got to do. I've got to be truthful and honest and be honest about myself and where I am and what I need. And we are, are, are you know, um, I, I read... Uh, an article today that uh, one of the candidates in Georgia uh, has been saying that his brother was, uh, was maligned, his brother was targeted because of his race, and he was uh, a first-time offender, and they sent him to jail for 20 years, and he was on a rampage about that, and somebody looked it up and said, well, your brother was a policeman who was running a drug ring who had people killed and had done all of this and he was abusing his, as a policeman, you know, don't blame the cops for having done him wrong. He was a cop. And so now you hear the story and you go, oh, wow, well, you know, it's different now when you hear uh, another side to the story. And if any of you have ever had children, uh, even before there was political spin, uh, you know, 
your kids knew how to spin it. You know, I, I don't know what happened. I just walked in the room and the cookie jar fell off the counter. I, just, I wasn't even getting a cookie. I, I, I don't know, a gust of wind or something came through. And, and that's the hour we're living in. And if you don't confront that, if you don't challenge that sometimes, they grow up not knowing the truth. Well, that not only happens in the world, but it happens in, in, in real life. And, and that's why Paul told Timothy, prove all things. Abstain from the appearance of evil. Test. Prove all things. Well, if you can't judge... How can you prove something? You know, if the, you just say, well, whatever you said, you said you didn't do it, okay. I don't know, I just totally accept your word. Hello, the Bible says for us, no, we should prove all things. And, and then uh, he said that there are actually those who will twist and misconstrue the scriptures. And you saw me read, have Caleb read that verse. There is no God. But there was something that was said in front of it. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Now, if you add that part, well, it makes sense. So the point of that is, and so when somebody uh, in this hour, and that's one of the reasons, and I, I don't apologize, but I... I know that it's probably more overwhelming than people, and I, I know people take pictures of the slides, and I'm, that's fine with me. I'll send you any of my slides, but the reason I want to give you the scriptural references is because I want it's not my word. I want it to come back down to thus saith this word. Because heaven and earth can pass away. The Lord tarries another 75 years. I will not be behind this pulpit. Okay? But this is still going to stand. No matter who's here. And if they don't teach the truth, they don't preach the truth, and you're still alive, you know, you say, hey, get back to the Word. And, and that's what Paul was telling him, you know, I'm sorry, but it's not about <clears throat> something that I say or do. And then I, of course, told you how that Paul even challenged Simon Peter, who wasn't, the Bible doesn't say that he was teaching things wrong, but that he was appearing to side with the Jews that were avoiding the Greeks because if you remember Acts 15 they decided that wow the Gentiles can get the Holy Ghost like we did they can get baptized and they're part of the body and then there were Jews that came along that still harbored some old feelings and they said we don't eat with the Gentiles because the Gentiles are unclean and the Jews are very meticulous about that and, uh, you know, they wash before their meal, they wash after the meal, they, you know, you just don't. Uh, when we were uh, in, in Israel, uh, we stayed at all Jewish hotels, and, and I, 
you know, there were some that I noticed would sit way away from us because it's obvious we were not Jewish. And there were, they even had a, a couple of areas where it was just sort of a separate seating area and they would walk us to a different area. And I, I understood why. It, it's a hard thing to make me eat with somebody that I don't think is clean ceremonially. And, and so, um, you know, the Jews were that way back in the, old, in, in the New Testament. And Paul did not say Simon was preaching this as a doctrine, but he said, he, he, he said it like this, uh, that uh, he did eat with the Gentiles, but then he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those that were Jewish. And other Jews stepped back as well. Even Barnabas stepped back. And, and, and he said, they walk not uprightly, and this is the phrase that he used in Galatians, according to the truth of the gospel. Because what Paul was saying is, if they have had the gospel experience, they're part of the seed of Abraham. Because not just of the seed of Abraham, but Jesus was before Abraham. And they're part of the body. And so he said unto Simon, if you being a Jew, and then he said, you know, liveth after the manner of the Gentiles and not do as the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live and do as the Jews. What he was saying is, Simon, he was saying, you, you were the one that opened this door to the Gentiles. You know that the Gentiles, the Lord gave them the Holy Ghost before he, he didn't, they didn't have to become Jews first. So now why are you acting like that? So, you know, important that he was able to judge. He was able to confront. He was able to, to say, you know, it, it, it didn't, he didn't make the statement, Simon, you're preaching that people have to become Jewish. Simon wasn't doing it. It was just his actions that made Paul go, whoa, that's not right. Don't do that. Don't act that way. So now, number two, and I didn't, even, I, I didn't start this one at all, but it's how to tell a false prophet. And we have all kinds of voices out there. And now with the advent, I think years ago, y'all probably none of you remember it, but when cassettes hit the market, oh man, cassette ministry went crazy. And people had cassettes and they were sending them and all around we could hear messages and you know we used to have to go to camp meeting to hear a good preaching now you could get a cassette and believe it or not there were one or two cassettes in the basement of this church in fact we still have a few cassette tapes there then of course it was videos man oh man you could now watch a preacher 
Now you've got a phone with HG radio, whatever you can flip, 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 boy, you can hear good preaching and I'm not against any of that. It's better than listening to, you know, whatever your news program is. It's better than listening to, uh, you know, the news. But how do you tell a false prophet? Because not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, And in the Old Testament, it, it says, beware of false prophets. And if you read in the book of Deuteronomy, the 13th chapter, they talk about false prophets that speak the truth, but they don't believe the doctrine. So they're, you know, In reality, according to Deuteronomy, a false prophet may say something that's true, but if he doesn't believe the doctrine, he is a false prophet. Why? Because ultimately that prophecy is not generated by God. It might be he studied some verses, he has some things, but if he doesn't, what, what, it, what was prophecy designed for? Even in the Old Testament. Why were there prophets? Because they didn't know what time they were living in. Why were there prophets? Why do we have all the prophets in the Bible? What? Sorry. God spoke through a prophet. But what were those prophets speaking? They were speaking the voice of God. But what was God saying? What? Forewarning. Forewarning them. So what? Okay, a train's fixing to hit you. The God was speaking to get them to do something. To turn back to him. You see what I'm saying? To get you to move in God's direction. So if somebody is a prophet, if I, if I stood up and I said, okay, tomorrow at noon, the stock market's going to crash. You better sell your stock by 1130. And boom, it happened. But I don't believe the doctrine Probably what am I going to start doing? I say, I predicted this. You need to subscribe to my newsletter. Huh? I can tell you when gold's going to do. I can tell you what stock's going to do. I can tell you. But I'm not going to point you to God. So if false prophet, even if they say something true, but they are not pointing you to God, they're a false prophet. They may, ha they may hit it 99.9% .9 of the time, but according to the Lord, he would call them a false prophet. You, you see what I'm saying? Because God spoke to people, spoke to men, spoke to Israel. What was he trying to do? Repent, turn around, get ready, change your direction.
sell your stock, buy bonds. No, that wasn't part of it. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? And so, you know, you, you know, if somebody says, I can tell you where, the, where it's going to go. We're going to go into a deep recession. I should say, oh, man, it's, it, they hit the nail right on the head. Unfortunately, they're still a false prophet. If they're not pointing you to God, you, you follow me? And so that's why that becomes very important. The 18th chapter talks about false prophets that don't prophesy the truth. They want blessings and miracles, but are basically interested in themselves. In fact, in the New Testament, Paul addressed this, not only in the Old Testament, but Paul addressed it in 2 Corinthians. He said, for you suffer if a man bring you into bondage, if a man devour you, if a man take of you, if a man exalts himself, if a man smite you on the face, Then you say, well, that can't happen. Jim Jones, man got the Holy Ghost in Indiana. Huh? Anybody remember Jim Jones? He gathered a group of people to him, follow me. And he tells them, we're headed to Guiana. You can leave your Bibles here because guess what? I'm with you now. I'm the prophet. Now you say, well, none of us would ever do that. Well, I, 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 I'm here on a Wednesday night. That's probably the truth. But guess what? There are people that will follow a false prophet. And even if they abuse them, People that will bring you into bondage, devour you, take from you, exalt himself, and even slap your face. Isn't that crazy? But not only false prophets, but you know, I can tell you this sentence applies to gangs and other things when people will develop a relationship with you and be very abusive, and we all know those things happen. And I, didn't want, I don't want our graduates to get caught up in any relationship with a man or a woman or a prophet that is abusing them. That's devouring them, that's taking them into bondage. Because there are those that are out there that will do that. That's in 2 Corinthians 11th chapter goes on down in the 21st verse, he talks about how, through the 33rd verse, he talks about how he has suffered for the gospel and all the things that he has gone through and beaten and all of that. And then he says, you know what? All of this was not about me controlling you or self-exaltation or my power, but it was for you to adhere and follow the gospel. That's what Paul was saying. He was saying, I'm not, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not suffering all of this so that you will think I'm a great martyr. I'm not doing this so you go, oh man, he is just so, he is so awesome. It's not about me. 
It's about the gospel. The moment it becomes about me, I become a false prophet. You see what I'm saying? Jeremiah said, the prophets prophesy in my name. I didn't send them. I haven't commanded them. I haven't spoken to them. They prophesy unto you false vision and divination and things of naught and the deceit of their heart. So this is not a new problem. It's gone back 4,000 years, 5,000 years. Sometimes when these, these books, Deuteronomy, Jeremiah, were written, all of this, there have been false prophets for everywhere. And, and so, you know, be aware of who your kids are listening to and who your family is listening to and what, you know, you're doing. And, uh, you know, somebody comes on the air and they're selling, you need to sell right now and you need to do this and you need to liquidate that and you need to buy this. You say, well, they're prophesying truth. Remember, they're still a false prophet, according to the Bible. We don't follow that. Where, where are we supposed to be getting it? Lord, if it's time for me to sell, <laughs> open the door, let me sell. If it's time for me to buy, I don't need a prophet to tell me. You follow what I'm saying? So in all of this, be careful. And, and uh, that's, so you can judge in doctrine, you can judge how a person prophesies, and we're supposed to judge. You know, to say, well, I can't judge whether they're true or false. They've said some true things. Well, but, you know, find out what their doctrine is. Then, of course, number three, I, I just, there's no order. I just pick some of these things that I wanted them to judge. And, and one of the things that I hope they will learn to judge is what is appropriate entertainment. Because the world is full of entertainment. As a matter of fact, I, I got a, a blurb on my phone and it said, beware that in some places people are putting fentanyl in, in dollar bills and five dollar bills and folding them over and leaving them on the street so that when somebody picks it up, they get the powder on them, they go into an overdose. In fact, they've had a couple of people die, right? Boom. Well, I was telling some in my family that, and they go, well, why would somebody do that? And I said, I have no idea. They're mad. They think it's funny. I don't know. It's horrible. You know, Sheena said, well, I'm going to start carrying a pair of gloves because I'll pick it up with gloves on. Keep them in. If I see any, I'm going to pick it up. I understand. I probably would be guilty of the same thing. It'd be hard to look at a $5 bill laying there and not pick it up, wouldn't it? But what is entertainment? And, and I, you know, Proverbs, the seventh chapter, I mentioned to you that this young man goes down to this woman till a dart strikes his liver, a bird hastened to the snare, and he doesn't realize it's for his life. And, and I, 
there are so many minefields that are out there from movies, websites, parties, pleasure, friends. I got the right friends, I got whatever, that are not gonna be healthy for these young folks or are not healthy for us. Well, that's why, you know, we say things like, Your phone and your computers and all of that. Let, make sure everybody has the password. Make sure everybody knows what's going on. Make sure, it, because it, what is appropriate entertainment? Say, well, I'm just watching a movie. Well, fine, but if, it's, if it gets me down a wrong path, it's not appropriate. And you've got to judge. And, and the moment you start feeling yourself getting sucked into it, or when you start feeling yourself, you need to go, uh-oh. Holy Ghost, help me. Keep being honest. Get real. The Holy Ghost will, in fact, put up some barriers, say no more. you got to stop. This is not... Because, let me tell you something. The devil is not interested just in you tasting the apple. He wants you not to be able to be in relationship with God and to disobey God. The apple is the least of his concerns. He wants to break the connection with God. And have I seen folks that are just having a little fun? I'm not. Yeah, First John says, we, we can quote it, love not the world neither the things that are in the world but he gets pretty heavy if any man love the world what did he say the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world what is it lust of the eyes lust of the flesh lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And most of our entertainment involves lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. I just need a break. I just had to do that. I can't, I'm, I, I, uh, huh? Be careful. You're saying, all entertainment, not good, no, all things, no, I'm not. But let me just tell you, the enemy can cause you to sin with anything. Even the children of Israel, when they had the golden ephod, when they had the way, put the snake on the pole. Quickly it becomes they put a new name to it, Nehushta. They're going to, now it's a God. What are you saying? I, I don't, I don't care. I, bucks, not bucks, whatever. <laughs> Lady was talking to me the other day. She said, I have Allstate insurance and they've been giving me hassles and I have season tickets to the Buckeyes and it's going to hurt my feelings every time I, they put up that big Allstate 
net to catch the football when they kick an extra point. I was like, whoa. But I'm not giving up my tickets. Okay. Cool. I get it. But he says, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world does what? Passes away. And the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abides forever. Of course, Paul said in Corinthians, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. They don't all build me up. All things are lawful, but I, one of the ways to know is, am I brought under the power of it? I put here the three C test. Always, whatever entertainment you have, give it the three C test. First C is what? Clock test. How much time is this taken out of my life? Do I have any time for God? Do I have any time, huh? Clock. And what's horrible now is of course, you know, you can get these shows online or through Netflix or Hulu or whatever. Boy, I can watch one episode after another. They're only 30 minutes, only 40 minutes. But boom, 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 boom. Three hours later, four hours later, five hours later. Huh? Oh, I've got to find out what happens in the next episode. I just got to hurry up. Clock! If it's eating my time, you might need to rethink it. What's the next C? Content. Can your children watch it? Can your grandchildren watch it? Can your family watch it? Say, well, no, this is for adults only. Well, oh God, help us. What some adults do and what a child of God should do are not always the same thing. You know, they used to have, and they may still do, the rating system, G, P, G, R, whatever. But everything that's PG is not presently godly. And I'm going to be very candid with you. My son-in-law and daughter, they screen the G things because some of them now have a message for their little kids that say, it's all right to choose who you want to be, what you want to be, do what, huh? You go, oh, they're, they're living in fantasy land. Well, they don't want a competing voice from what they're trying to teach. So, you can't even go, well, it's G. <laughs> because let me tell you something. The devil's so smart. He first gets you to laugh at it. 
And you don't laugh at whatever, you, you, you don't understand what I mean, whether it's laugh at Archie Bunker, whether it's laugh at Three's Company, or whether it's laugh at, you know, oh, isn't that just stupid? Ha, ha, ha. And then the next step is we accept it. That's why the entertainment industry, and I, I know, I, I was in the fourth grade in Lone Oak, Arkansas. I'd never been to a movie theater. I'd never been to anything like that. And the county judge had the, we didn't even have a theater in our town. There was one in Carlisle, about 10 miles down the road. County judge bought, he let every fourth grader go see a, a movie as a class field trip. We went to the park, we had a picnic, we played. We went to a movie at the end of the school. Never forget the movie. It was Jerry Lewis, Nutty Professor. It was hilarious. But every once in a while, there were these women that were just, woo, coming out in all this dress. I remember as a fourth grader thinking, oh my Lord, I need to shut my eyes. My folks hadn't even seen it. I had, of course, had to get permission. And they felt like, well, you need to go. I mean, it's, your whole class is going. It's G-rated. It's not a bad movie. And it wasn't, I'm not, I, Jerry Lewis, nutty professor. Look it up, watch it sometime, whatever. Wasn't terrible. But even as a fourth grader, as a little 10 year old boy, I was like, oh, I know this is not something I ought to be seeing. Why, wow, I've been raised in church. I'd never seen anything like this. Of course we were, you know, I was raised in the days that you didn't do television and this and that and all of that. And this was a powerful medium. Uh, you say, well, are you saying that you should never do? All I'm saying is put a clock test on it, put a content test on it, and third one, control. If you can't control it, if you're brought under its power, I remember my dad and I went to pray for a man in church and they had a little boy. He had a little TV and he was sitting there right in front of it. I don't remember how old he was. And his dad said, son, turn that off. Pastor's here, we're fixing to pray. Son, turn that off. Pastor's here, we're fixing to pray. Called him by name. Turn that off. Pastor's here, fixing to pray. He reaches up, changes the channel. <laughs> remember? I'm telling the truth. I don't know. Finally, he turned it down and we prayed and we left. <laughs> I remember, his, I don't know how old I was. I was a little boy. I was going with my dad around. What, what are you saying? Three C's, clock, content, control. Number four, thing that you have to consider how to judge and you better learn how to judge and that's on appearances. 
What is your definition of beauty? What is your definition of happiness? What is your definition of gender, etc.? Because we have a whole obsession with looks and fitness and physical appearance to the exclusion of character. Huh? I can look good and not be good. And I understand, I, you know, people are, are searching for meaning. What makes me feel good? What makes me feel good about who I am? And if you don't get that through the Holy Ghost, guess what? You will be driven all your life. And we have, and a lot of it is media driven. I hate to say it, but they have the stats, the statistics. The island of Fiji. Has anybody ever heard of Fiji? It's in the southern hemisphere. The island of Fiji for many, many years had no satellite television. They had no television from Hollywood. They didn't have enough to do to even get movies there. You couldn't get any of that there. It wasn't through internet. And I don't remember in the 60s, 70s, I studied it when I was in psychology in college in the late 70s. They finally, there was a satellite beam that was able to go far enough south that Fiji could pick up on all of the Hollywood and the shows and all the stuff. That island had, had not had one child, not one teenager that ever had an eating disorder. They had never had one juvenile delinquent. They had a kid that had gotten mad at his parents and busted up a boat or something, but they had no juvenile court. They had none of that. Three years after they were able to get Hollywood, they had over 130 young people in the hospital with eating disorders. They had to set up their first juvenile courts. I know that didn't make the big headlines, but what am I saying? Our entertainment has, industry has promoted things So you got to judge what's appropriate, the appearances. The Lord David said, you formed me in the inward parts. You, you've made me. You've set my frame. I am fearfully and wonderfully made at my birth. Wonderful are your works. You know, when people can't figure out who they are and how God made them, they can't have this kind of worship and prayer. They are going to ultimately be miserable because their soul is going to be miserable. Goes on in that 139th Psalm and says, In the depths of the earth, in this region of darkness and mystery, that's where I was formed. I was embroidered, I was wrapped together and tied together. And when you can look and say, I, I think God made a mistake about me, I feel so sorry for you because you're never going to be happy spiritually. No matter how much you tell yourself you're happy. So, well, I'll be happy when I'm... And, and 
The statistics just don't bear that out. Proverbs, the 31st chapter says, charm and grace are deceptive. Beauty is vain because it's not lasting, but a woman who reverently and worshipfully fears the Lord shall be praised. As the Lord told Samuel, the Lord sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward, but the Lord looks where? The heart. Last one, and I, I know my time, I got two more slides, this slide and one more. <clears throat> Number five, judging what I call neo-paganism, and that's a long word, but it's basically fantasy versus reality. And we're living in an age of fantasy. Huh? And there's divination and foreseeing the future and sorcery, which is drugs and witchcraft. Read Deuteronomy, the 18th chapter. Incantations, mediums, spiritualists, trying to communicate with the dead, astrologists, reading signs in the heaven. All of this the enemy would like to use. All of this as a doorway to get us to focus on some inward power or focus on ourselves instead of I can give you this crystal, put it in your hat, you can feel the energy coming into you and you and you and you can do and you can you, you, you. Who's it all about? It's not about him. It's not about worshiping him. It's about I get this, I'm gonna get this life force in me. And that's why Paul in Galatians, when he talks about the works of the flesh and he goes through all these things, two of them are idolatry and witchcraft. Number six, godly character, conduct. I guess started where we started at legalism versus license. I know a lot of people look at religion as all the thou shalt nots. They think that all your church does is tell you what you can't do. We have a lot of things that we tell you you should do. You should be worshiping. You should be reading the Bible. You should be praying through. You should be talking in tongues. You should be getting into the altar. You were called out of darkness into this marvelous light that you should show forth the praises. Now, what the Bible says? It's not enough, you know, to say, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna murder, I'm not gonna, but am I gonna worship? Am I? Romans 14, 1 Corinthians 8 chapter talks about discerning right and wrong and acting on what you've discerned even at a personal cost. What does that mean? God doesn't exist for me. Some people think that, well, you know, you just go to church and I, I don't know if I wanna go that much and I don't know if I can get into that much. Let me tell you something, it's not about what I want. It's about what he wants. And until you get that straight in your head, guess what? Not about who I am, it's about who he is. 
Say, well, I don't know if I want to go tonight. I don't know if I feel, I don't know if I feel like, I don't know if I, 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 I don't, I. You've missed it. You're not judging right. The judgment has got to be, Lord, I want to worship you today. I want to praise you today. I want to be in your presence today. I want to read your word today. The I has got to be not my will, but thine be done. And you say, well, <clears throat> you think these young folks get it? It's a constant, figure it out. Where am I going to judge? Huh? And I got to constantly, and that's why we come to the church. That's why we come to the house of the Lord. Because hopefully we're singing a song. What did we sing when we started, Brother Jim? I was thinking about it. What did we sing, Sister Susan? Get your paper. That's been, that's been an hour ago. I love Jesus. I, so I, I, yeah, and I, I thought, man, I wonder if we really hear the words to that. I love him best of all. Better than anything else. Why? Because when I come in and I start hearing that, hopefully it gets in my mind and my heart and my spirit and I go, oh, wow, well, I don't know if I, I showed him I loved him best of all. Huh? The Holy Ghost then says, okay, pastor, you're going to have to rearrange some priorities. When you got up this morning, you didn't talk to him first. You turned on the news. You read the latest gas report. You read the latest inflation index. You read the latest stock report. Oh, forgive me, Lord. I need to read something in here. Huh? before I read the stock market report, before I read the, why? Because that's the constant judging. The Bible says, judge yourself. Let the Holy Ghost judge you. Then you can be judged. Hallelujah. Well, Let's I'm stand. redeemed by love divine. i